0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Van Maren Show on LifeSiteNews.com. My name is Jonathan Van Maren, and today I have a very cool story for you. Now, I know a lot of you guys, since the election of of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, uh, have been quite depressed about the state of things, because of course, uh, most of the opportunities on a federal level or a congressional level to get anything done for the pro-life cause has been cut off. And so what is going on? Well, first and foremost, if you go to news.com and check out uh, the blog that I run there, there has been a lot of very cool stories on the state level. Uh, the, the takeover of the federal government by abortion extremists has not stopped states from Montana to Idaho to Oklahoma from passing incredible pro-life legislation. So there's that. So you, you shouldn't get depressed about the state of the pro-life movement in 2021 because there's incredible things taking place. In fact, the Guttmacher Institute says 2021 is shaping up to be the worst year for the abortion industry in regard to state laws being passed to restrict the procedure. But there's another really cool story that I've been kind of following on and off for a couple of years. And this is different cities, small towns and cities across the United States Passing ordinances actually banning abortion inside city limits. And I've been wanting to do a show on this for a while. And then uh, earlier this month, I actually spotted an article in The Guardian of all places. It's a very left-wing British newspaper talking about how all of these different cities and towns were passing these laws banning abortion. So I reached out to the man behind the project named uh, Mark Lee Dixon. Uh, he's a pro-life activist who is currently on the road, driving across the United States, ginning up support uh, for this, encouraging people to pass these laws, and spearheading uh, this campaign to create more sanctuary cities for the unborn. So he kindly agreed to take some time out of his busy schedule to talk to us about the project. Here is that conversation. <laughs> I guess I should start by asking, uh, what state are you in right now? I am in Texas. What is the news from Texas? I know there's some some quite fresh breaking news uh, from Lubbock, Texas, if, if I'm not mistaken, that you had a, a heavily involved stake in.
1: Absolutely. So Lubbock, Texas became the... 26th city in the nation to pass an enforceable ordinance outlawing abortion within their city limits. So that's the 24th in Texas and the 26th in the United States of America.
0: Now, for those who are are listening and aren't familiar with the campaign that you've been working on for some time now, I'd like to start with the details of of the crusade you're on and then get into a little bit of, of your personal views and how you came to be the, uh, The figurehead or the face of this campaign what is the campaign to create sanctuary cities for the unborn across the united states
1: well at the very base level it's that we're outlining the murder of innocent children in our communities and so this all started because there was a abortion facility in treeport louisiana that at one time was looking at crossing the border To a little place called Wascom, Texas. The population of Wascom is 2,190 now. And Wascom is a small community. And the people of Wascom did not want an abortion facility ever in their city limits. And so they decided to be proactive and they passed an ordinance outlawing abortion within the city limits. And I was involved in that, of course. And after that happened, Other cities decided that they wanted to do the same thing. And so, city after city after city uh, outlawed abortion. And then it got to a point this year where the Biden administration said that they wanted abortion access in every zip code. And so, it really upped the ante that he's Biden is saying every zip code. So, all these actions that these cities have taken in outlawing abortion in their cities, regardless of how small they are, end up being a brilliant brilliant strategy because it's all that we can do to protect our communities from the aggressive pro-abortion agenda of the Biden administration.
0: So let's get into a couple of details here. So when you say uh, small cities are passing ordinances banning abortion, you're not saying they're passing an ordinance saying an abortion clinic can't move in. You're saying that they're basically criminalizing abortion within the city limits of their town, correct?
1: Well, we're saying that abortion is outlawed, uh, prohibited, banned uh, from within the city limits. So the thing is, if you have an abortion clinic that performs abortions, well, you'd be, that'd be an illegal act uh, under city law. And and so, if a place wants to move in and provide other services, that's one thing. Like in Lubbock right now, uh, I'm not saying that the Planned Parenthood has to shut down in Lubbock now since this ordinance is passed because there is a Planned Parenthood that on April 15th started performing abortions within the city limits of Lubbock, Texas. Uh, I'm not saying they have to shut down completely. Uh, All I'm saying is that based on this ordinance, they can no longer perform abortions. And so if they want to provide other services, even services that I disagree with, um, we we haven't banned uh, anything other than abortion. Uh, In in Lubbock, Texas. And so all we want is to make sure that the murder of innocent children does not happen uh, within the city limits of Lubbock, Texas.
0: What has the respond uh, response from the abortion industry been to this campaign? Because you're now getting international attention. I read a report in the Guardian uh, on on this campaign to have have small cities, small towns, and now Lubbock, Texas, is I think the biggest one so far with the with the highest population to start passing these laws banning abortion. It must be said in defiance. Of Roe v. Wade. Uh, The Roe v. Wade decision says that you can't ban abortion, and now you've got all these towns and cities that are just going ahead and doing that anyway. So what's the response of the abortion industry to this ban, and what sort of collision course are you on with the ACLU, with the lawyers of Planned Parenthood, with the lawyers that work for the independent abortion clinics?
1: Well, for starters, we got international news attention when Wascom outlawed abortion. Uh, half a billion people worldwide uh, interacted with that story before uh, Franklin Graham ended up making a statement on Facebook. And so it got a lot of coverage. And the, the whole world heard what Wascom did. And over the, the time, uh, when we got to t- about 12 cities we saw a lawsuit from the ACLU against not all the cities, not even the biggest city, but but the lawsuit was brought uh, by the ACLU against seven of the cities. And they didn't even sue after the actual abortion ban. And within three months, those lawsuits were withdrawn by the ACLU. Abortion remains banned in those cities that they sued. And so... The ACLU has already backed down from from uh, from lawsuits they brought uh, against some of these cities, and so right now it has not cost any city uh, it hasn't cost the taxpayers of any of these cities uh, one cent uh, for to pass this ordinance and outlaw abortion. And, and and when we're talking about outlawing abortion in these communities, well. Roe v. Wade, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, none of those cases said that abortion access had to be allowed on every square inch of the United States of America. Um, I'm not obligated to to allow abortions in in the middle of my living room. I'm not obligated to allow abortions in my church or our city's school or a city's coffee shop. Um, abortion doesn't have to happen everywhere. And there's nothing that says that cities can't say that they don't want abortion within their city limits. We're not telling women that they can't get abortions. We're just saying they can't get it within the confines of the city limits of our cities. Um, And so if they want to get an abortion in, say, this area, Well, right now, uh, they've been driving to Dallas or Austin or San Antonio. Well, they can keep doing that. Uh, Those cities are extremely liberal. Uh, Those cities are very open to that idea that that they're very supportive of of abortion access. But a conservative area like we are in Lubbock, Texas, uh, they just don't want it here. The majority of the population of the voting population of Lubbock, they they sent that clear message with the passage of this ordinance. Now, what kind of challenge are we we going to see now? Um, You know, will there be lawsuits? Uh, Maybe, possibly. Uh, And if those lawsuits are brought, we will fight. uh, We will fight those lawsuits. These ordinances work within the confines of Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. We're not creating an undue burden uh, at all. We don't believe. Um, but if they want to have that discussion, you know, I think the undue burden uh, standard needs to be examined anyway. And if the courts want to to really seriously look at these things and consider uh, overturning uh, Roe v. Wade or Planned Parenthood versus Casey, let's have that discussion if we're really talking about the murder of innocent children, that's what abortion is, and cities don't want that in their community, then let's have that discussion and see what the courts say.
0: And This is what makes uh, this particular strategy very interesting, because in some ways, uh, the bigger you get, the more likely you are to face a pushback and to face a challenge. Because when you're talking very small towns, where it doesn't make economic sense for, say, an independent abortion clinic or for Planned Parenthood to set up, uh, they're likely just to sort of ignore you. But with bigger and bigger cities climbing on board with a strategy and passing these ordinances, and the more attention you get, the more states will, will, will consider this idea, and especially under the, the current Biden administration, there are a lot of pro-life strategists and pro-life politicians who are on the lookout uh, for a strategy, or uh, on the lookout for local ways to restrict and limit abortion because of course with uh, total democratic control of the leaders of power at the moment, there aren't many opportunities uh, besides opposition to do anything on the federal level. And, and then here you have the Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn uh, campaign that gives people the opportunity uh, to do something to protect uh, the unborn in their own cities and their own towns. And so it's, it's really interesting to, to watch this unfold. Do you have any sense whatsoever of, of what the response to this is going to be? Because Lubbock is, is a really big city, and now you're going to have more. That's why you're on the road nonstop. It's because so many people have become interested in your campaign.
1: Yeah, it's going to grow, obviously. And the thing is that regardless of the size of the city, someone asked me if, if this was – more important to me that since Lubbock passes, since is this the most important city? I don't see it like that way. I see Lubbock the same way that I see Wascombe or Joaquin, Texas, or uh, Hayes Center, Nebraska, or Blue Hill, Nebraska, or Whiteface, Texas, uh, Rusk, Texas. Uh, they're all they're all like children to me. You know, um, each city was was an important city that stood up. And, and I say every city in the United States of America, um, they're important. Um, you know, it's the first city that passed it in Nebraska, Hay Center, Nebraska. They heard about it from a small city in Texas called Carbon, Texas. And so that's what inspired, um, Hay Center, Nebraska. And, you know, here in Texas, everything's bigger. The pancakes are bigger, the waffles are bigger, the steaks are bigger, and the cities are bigger. And I did not realize that the average size city in Nebraska was about 300. And so what what's big to one place is is small to another. And even Lubbock, I mean, now Lubbock is a big city. Uh, 11th largest city in texas the 83rd largest city in the united states um there's uh lubbock is larger than the largest city in in 18 states and so obviously that's that's important Um, but at the same time wascom texas is what started this their population 2,189, and so i don't really think size matters Uh, i think what matters is that the people and the leadership where they're at, that they got to do their part. And I don't care if the city is 24 people. Um, We haven't had a city that small yet. Um, But if there were, I know there's cities in Nebraska, they have like 24 people or 78 people. Um, If they felt compelled to, to join and become a sanctuary city for the unborn, I think those cities are just as important as cities like Lubbock, Texas. Because it's, it's that stand. If we all do our part and we say babies are not going to be murdered here in our cities, I think God can use that in, in, in a very amazing way. And I think that's what we're seeing happen across, the, across Texas, across Nebraska, and soon continuing across the United States.
0: So when did you become pro-life or when did you come to the realization that abortion was Uh, murdering a baby. And then what brought you into the particular campaign that has you now traveling from state to state campaigning for sanctuary cities for the unborn?
1: So my grandfather, Galena Canfield Jr., uh, great influence on my life. He was a Greg County Republican chair, and he was also a director with Right to Life East Texas. And growing up, I would always Every time we went to the Gregg County Fair in Longview, Texas, uh, in the inside of the exhibit building, there were these tables where all these different vendors and, you know, there's the people with the great beef jerky and people with the different uh, candy things for sale and and all these different things. And there's the, the nonprofit booths and um, the, the church booths and everything. And and Right to Life East Texas had a table where they have the, the fetal models and um, the realistic fetal models at uh, uh, 12-week and 24-week and, and, and 30-week, et cetera. And, and I remember um, looking at those fetal models and those fetal models, uh, a, a 12-week fetal model, I remember looking at that and I was like, You know, there's, I saw the, I saw the eyes, I saw the nose, I saw the mouth, I saw the ears, uh, I saw the, the, the hands, the, the, the legs, and it looks like a person, you know, and of course, different size, um, less hair, uh, but, but that's a, it's clearly, I saw a baby, that's a baby, and over the years, year after year going to the Gregg county fair booth and seeing that it just seared in my mind this this reality that um just because i don't we can't see that um that child uh in the mother's womb uh from just day to day experiences um doesn't mean it's not there uh, there's a baby there and that baby is it uh, looks very similar to to me and you in the sense that it has all the it has the ears, it has the mouth, it has the nose, it has the eyes, it has the arms, it has the legs. It's a human being, you know. We're we're not looking at a uh, a frisbee or a toaster. We're looking at a baby. I mean, it's it's very clear. And so over the years that being ingrained in me uh, when my grandfather passed away of cancer I decided to, to get plugged in to Right to Life of East Texas and became a director within, And I've been a director with them now for over 10 years and more and more uh, just become uh, more convinced that we've got to get engaged in uh, the, the battles, um, whether it's Austin and Washington, D.C. are really important. Don't get me wrong. Um, but for some reason we have focused so much on our state capitals and our nation's capital and we have forsaken our our our, our city halls and and so I've really encouraged people that we've got to get involved locally that we, if we the nearest abortion facility we need to be on that sidewalk we need to be uh, doing everything we can to preach the gospel and uh, help those women who 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 are in a situation where they are leading their children to, to the altar um, of of death. And and we've got to do everything we can to, to reach out lovingly and say, Hey, um, this is not God's will for your life. And you can be a great mother to that child and and let us help you. Uh, Let us help you be a great mother to that child. And, and to, to the men, uh, let's help you be good fathers um, because no good father and no good mother um in the life of their child. And so we've got to to do everything we can in a very loving way to to just show culture that this is not acceptable, that child sacrifice is not acceptable and we, we don't need to do this anymore. Um, let's let's raise those children. Um, if their car is too small, let's get them a bigger car. If their if their house is too small, let's help them move into a bigger house, uh, whatever it takes. If it takes us helping with babysitting, if it helps us, if it, if it helps, uh, helps them, um, for us to, to have, uh, throw some baby showers, you know, however we can help them, uh, let's do it.
0: How did the idea for a sanctuary city for the unborn come about? I know the only other, uh, sanctuary city for the unborn that I'm aware of is uh, Verona in Italy actually declared itself a sanctuary city for the unborn, not in the exact same way that that's being done in, in the United States, but, but a sort of similar concept. So uh, you've told us where this, this campaign started and, and sort of the reasoning behind it, but how did the idea, when people were sitting there and saying we got to keep an abortion clinic out of our city, how did this idea uh, come into being and then become a reality not only not only um, in the initial city but right across the US?
1: Well, so cities before had passed resolutions in the United States that declaring themselves a, a sanctuary city for the unborn. Um, but a resolution is a statement. It's not a law. Um, saying that the city is uh, a sanctuary city for the unborn in and of itself doesn't do much. I mean, it, it, it makes people feel good. You know. It makes people feel like they're doing something. Um, and I don't want to knock that entirely, but if given a a choice of of just passing a resolution that says that the city values life, or passing a law, um, those are two radical different things. And so, what what this was birthed out of was uh, we had there was a representative here in Texas, uh, Representative uh, um, Stickland. And Jonathan Stickland, and Jonathan Stickland had um, there was Senate Bill 22, and he he added an amendment to that Senate Bill, and that Senate Bill had to do with um, sweet deals with abortion clinics and things of that nature, like you know city governments giving like a dollar lease agreements for 20 years with with abortion facility in, in Austin things of that nature. So this this whole bill, Senate Bill 22, was about putting an end to that kind of stuff that city governments do not need to be, um, making sweet deals in the abortion clinic. And in the midst of that bill, uh, representative Stickland, um, added an amendment that said nothing in this bill prohibits cities from, uh, prohibiting abortion within their jurisdiction. And there was a lot of hee-hawing over that, like different people were like, Oh, why is this going in there? But eventually it stood. And so that, that amendment was left. And um, that amendment, you know, made me think that, well, hey, wait a second. You know, this this amendment to Senate Bill 22, you know. This is uh, this idea is this idea is there. Um, and now that cities could always outlaw abortion, but this was just kind of something that reminded them that they could. now. I don't think anyone thought that this was actually going to happen, but it was one of those things that just got in there. And what we saw, um, we, 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 we saw that come to fruition uh, with, with Waskell. And and I had thought that it had been done somewhere before that a law had been passed um, because a resolution, all a resolution does is a statement. and you know, over the over the the years since this has happened, more and more I see people trying to put forth a resolution as a valid option, um, kind of in as an alternative to an ordinance. And I just shake my head because politicians who say they're pro life—that's um, a problem if they just say they're pro life. Um, right. I'm right. tired of talk. I want to see action. And so, um, when a politician says, well, well, I'll pass a resolution. It's not good enough anymore. Um, maybe it was good enough at one time, but not anymore. Uh, now if, if they say that they'll pass a resolution, but not an ordinance, um, are they really pro-life? Uh, what's their voting history? Uh, I want to see action. I want to see If they say they're pro-life, they say they want to see the end of abortion in America, then let's see them do it in their city. Let's see them not just make statements, but let's see them pass laws that say abortion is not going to happen here legally. that, That if a baby is murdered by abortion in our city, that there are consequences.
0: So what's this been like for you out on the road, going to different states and encouraging the passage of these ordinances and what is coming next for the campaign to enshrine more sanctuary cities for the unborn?
1: It has been a very overwhelming experience. To me, when I look at this whole picture, there's one thing that just uh, my foundation is is the Word of God. My, my foundation is my conviction uh, in Scripture and in in life itself. Uh, I learned in biology class that life began at conception, and that's not a religious thought. That is a uh, scientific thought. That's a it's it's that's what we all know to be that life begins at conception, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my my religious beliefs do impact how I um, interact in society, and so I mean, I greatest commandments it's uh, to, to love God with all your heart, uh, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. And well, who's my neighbor? Um, my neighbor is is anyone and everyone, um, and that includes the unborn. Uh, the unborn are my neighbor, and I, I want to be I want to be a friend. To the unborn, I mean, if if I die one day, you know, I don't think it would be a bad thing for my tombstone to say, you know, a friend to the unborn. Uh, that if I want to be known for anything, I mean, might as well, you know, be known for that. And and so, really, you know, in this whole midst of things, um, Amos five fifteen has uh, just been a passage that has been lodged in my heart in mind. And that passage says to hate evil, to love good, to establish justice within your city gates. And perhaps the Lord, the God of hosts, be gracious on the remnant of Joseph. Um, if we want God to to bless our cities, then we probably don't need to murder innocent children made in the image of God in our cities. Uh, we don't need to allow these things that God hates to come into our cities and dominate. Uh, and when we look at God's word we see from the very beginning that those cities that brought that stuff into their communities that that caused problems that we see Sodom and Gomorrah we see um, cities that just allow things that God hates to be brought into those cities and so these cities across Texas um, Nebraska being discussed in cities in, in Florida, Tennessee, and Missouri, and Arkansas um, that they don't want to have something like that in their city, and so that's where we're at. Um, it's it's an issue of uh, not just obedience to God, um, but preserving our cultures, uh, preserving uh, our our communities as we know it, at maintaining the, you know, do we want abortion clinics in our cities? Do we want strip clubs in our cities? Do we want go down the list? We we've, we've gotta we've got to watch out for our cities. We've got to care about our cities just as much as we care about our state and our nation.
0: Do you have any cool stories uh, from being on the road, talking to people? Uh, You know, I've been on quite a few pro-life road trips uh, to do outreach on campuses and things like that myself. And I find that, you know, you have the strangest experiences and the coolest stories after going uh, on a trip like that. Do you have any that you could share with us?
1: Absolutely. Um, So what I've realized is that people who who make uh, these decisions, who, who feel like, uh, like for instance, uh, Mayor Corey Hole in Carbon, Texas. He said that he believes that he was born for this, that he was born for outlawing abortion in his city. Now his city is a very small city and when he told me that, it sent chills down my spine. Um, he's a worship pastor in, in Carbon, Texas. He's the mayor of that city. And when he told me that he was born for it, uh, it, it sent chills down my spine because a man who's convinced that God has led led him to a certain situation, to the, the situations in his life, um, is someone to watch, you know? And... I've seen some great things come out of that. Um, I, I told him that day that carbon became the 20th city outlaw portion, that we had no idea who carbon would inspire. Well, carbon inspired the first city in Nebraska. Uh, the mayor of Hayes Center, Nebraska, was uh, inspired by the actions of Corey Hole and City Council of Carbon, Texas. Uh, now we have two cities in Nebraska, and there's several other there, the others are interested. Uh, the governor of Nebraska has called on both Hay Center and in Blue Hill um, outlawing abortion. So it, it's a very encouraging thing. And in Corey Hole's story, um, I, I won't go into it here, but I'll refer you to the live action article that. Um, uh, Corey hole, at like carbon, Texas, um, amazing story there. And it's, it's definitely one that when, when I heard that story, I, I just found myself in tears. And this is something that is changing lives. It's saving lives that we know that when cities have, have stood up and said, babies are not going to be allowed to be murdered there, that it is literally, uh, saved lives. It's, and led to adoption stories. Um, it's doing some incredible, incredible things. And, and all it takes is just people being obedient to the will of God and standing up and, and hating evil, loving good and establishing justice in the city gates and just letting people um, make those stands. And God will bless them as a result. So I've never seen God not bless the city for, for standing up.
0: Final question, where can people find your work? Is there a website they can visit? How can they follow along with what you're doing or get connected to you if this is something they're interested in pursuing in their own city?
1: Well, what we encourage, because there's so many nuances with um, the different states, uh, things are different in Nebraska, things are different in Tennessee, things are different in Florida, uh, than then Texas, uh, everything's different uh, depending on what area we're looking at and we want to be careful because there's so many things that this reveals. And, you know, sometimes we don't realize it, but sometimes our conservative city council is not all that conservative. And sometimes they're, um, they'll say they're conservative, but they'll be voting and giving money to diehard Democrats. I mean, I don't think someone who donates to Nancy Pelosi uh, is a conservative. I mean, I just don't. Um, but there are some people who are wearing that that title of conservative uh, and Republican, but it, it's all a show. And so uh, so definitely we'd love to help cities, uh, give them some tools, encourage them, walk with them, and make sure that the ordinance that they have is something that has legal backing, that if they're sued, that they'll be represented at no cost to city and taxpayers. And so we want want to help them in in every way possible. And they can find out information. Uh, They can sign the online petition if they have an interest in their city. And that's found at www.sanctuarycitiesfortheunborn.com.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to go through all this. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was my conversation with Mark Lee Dixon. I hope you enjoyed it and were encouraged by it, as I was. If you'd like to hear other conversations like this, please do head over to lifesightnews.com, click on the podcast tab, and you can find these shows wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate your time.